Hi, and welcome to the Liberation Lab for Women in Business. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Schick-Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together in the Liberation Lab, we explore what it actually takes to create fulfillment, success, and freedom. Today, we're exposing the myths and fairy tales in business and marketing. You know, the stories of overnight success, passive income, and oh, how easy it is to succeed in business. Sadly, we have all bought into the fairy tales at one time or another. What we really want to communicate in this episode is that in order to really succeed in business and experience liberation, we need to embrace the truth. If you're enjoying the show, we'd be so happy to have you review us on iTunes. You can also head over to liberationlab.com to subscribe and access some amazing resources to help you feel more liberation. Okay, let's get started. Hey, and welcome to the Liberation Lab for Women in Business. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Laura Schutt-Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hello, lovely. How are you doing today? I'm doing well and super excited about our topic today because we are going to talk about the fairy tales in business and the mm. mythical creatures who like <laughs> flip in the forest, you know, around all these business ideas of passive income and overnight success and how easy it is just to put an online program and rake in the money. And yeah, what do you think about that, Laura? I'm loving this, actually. Um, I was just thinking about this topic as we head into the 2018 because, you know, there's a lot of offers out there. My inbox is full of some really great um, email subject lines, I will say. People are getting really good at that. Um, <laughs> and, you know, bringing us in and getting us excited about where we can go in 2018. But I'm actually almost a decade into being an entrepreneur, it's really interesting how many of these messages are the same. They've continued to be the same. And they're also not all, um, they are somewhat misleading. They're a little bit mythical. There's a little bit of fairy tale telling that I think we might want to break the spell and look at what's actually, what's actually, uh, possible. And where do we believe in magic? I, because absolutely, I believe there's a lot of magical things happening and that can happen in your business. But I do agree that there are some myths that we might want to look at and break open a bit. Yeah. And I love it. I mean, it's such a fun theme, really, because, you know, <laughs> I think there is a lot of fairy tales. And the challenge is that there are so many people who are buying into those fairy tales. And the fairy tales are really written by marketers, right? They're written in the marketing. They're hyped up in the social media. They're, you know, it's it's all these fairy tales of how easy it is to get in business, how easy it is to be an overnight success, how easy it is to have passive income. I mean, I'm not kidding. Every single person I talk to is like, I want passive income. And I'm like, well, I can't help you because that is a mythical creature that roams in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, the passive income. It's um yeah, like a just a common term, right? Yeah. That's been dropped probably for years now. Yeah. And I feel that it was kind of a, one of these big promises of the online world. So, you know, we really have been in business long enough to see when we were just starting to get into the online 
online um, market, everyone was just figuring it out. How is it you can develop these online courses and programs? And so much of the thought process, I think, was, oh, once you get a product, a product in a an actual program launched, then it will just take care of itself and it will sit somewhere in this <laughs> mythical world of evergreen content in this beautiful <laughs> internet land and it will just do its thing and you'll never have to touch it again. You'll never have to worry about being relevant. You'll never have to worry about <laughs> updating it. It's just going to be awesome. It's like, but then where did that go? And I think that that was sort of the fantasy that comes when you actually have been experienced the truth of a platform. And the internet was something that people didn't quite know how it was going to unfold with business. And mm -hmm. we sort of stuck to these old beliefs or these mythical ideas and they haven't really come to pass. It's not as easy um, as one, two, three. And people who do create amazing online programs, they have to continually work at keeping those fresh and keeping those relevant to the topics of the moment. And constantly things are changing. Our businesses are changing. The world is changing. I mean, goodness gracious. Yeah. yeah. Nothing can stay the same and just, just, um, autopilot. Yeah. I yeah. don't think that's possible. Well, I agree. And I think people also forget like some very sort of relevant, um, practical ideas, which is that some of the people who've really succeeded, you know, on a massive amount, like they've made a good amount of income from, you know, their online programs. I think they don't realize that those people started out in a area where there was not a lot of people doing it. They really were at that forefront of online programs or they found a niche that's so specific that no one else is doing it. But what I think everyone doesn't realize is the market's flooded. Like it's totally flooded. Every single person I know wants to create an online program. I mean, every yeah. single entrepreneur. <laughs> and yeah. I think, you know, and, and they, their motivation for it is that it's that passive income. You know, they can sit and just collect money. But yeah, I think they don't realize that how hard you're going to have to work to make it relevant and valuable. How in this land, in this time period where, you know, everything, it's so flooded with these online programs and everyone's had them. And also everyone's been disappointed in them. Like I don't know a single person as well who hasn't purchased an online program that they thought was a failure, right? That they either didn't do, they weren't motivated to finish or they weren't really motivated to do it. They didn't get any value out of it. Like every single person has had that. So it's a lot harder to convince people to buy online programs as well. That's true because we've had our own experiences of being in them and we've had our own experiences of trying to launch them. And it's definitely not as um, simple or cut and dry as it may have been originally presented. And I'm thinking as you were as you were sort of outlining that, I was thinking to myself, huh, you know how what this reminds me of is how I have to break down people's um, sort of unrealistic expectations of their partners when they come in for couples counseling, mm. right? Re relationships have been painted in this way through media, through all of the different ways in which we've kind of grown up thinking about the the unicorn of the relationship, this soulmate, this person is all going to be perfect. You're going to fall in love. And then if it's the right person, nothing is going to be difficult. It's just going to be this beautiful, wonderful future. Right. Yes. <laughs> And so they're in counseling, we're doing couples counseling, and they're busting through all of these old thoughts and beliefs, and a lot of it are, 
or expectations, unrealistic expectations. And so I've realized, you know, so much of our unrealistic expectations that are painted for us out there in the world through media and marketing and just kind of false storytelling. It's like, it's such suffering that we can endure if we don't really stop and ask ourselves, is it true? Yeah. Are these things, they think, are they true? Are they true for us? Why are we believing that it has to be this way? Why are we constantly going after something and feeling bad about ourselves? Maybe it's time to look at, it's not the right path for us. It's not the right, it's not quite the formula, right? Because everybody needs to find their own thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I actually think, you know, I mean, you have to start to look at the market and the world that we're in now, right? And this is the piece about business. Like you always have to evolve. This is why there's no such thing as passive income because – you always have to evolve. Everything changes and quite rapidly now. So whereas, you know, I, I read this awesome article recently. I'm going to have to find it. I posted it somewhere on my Facebook, but it, you know, it was this woman who is really at the forefront of these, um, very heavy hitters in the online world and online programs and all of that. And she was talking about, you know, being in this forefront part of the marketing. She's seeing how much things are shifting, how much harder it is going to be going forward to have online programs, to be doing all of these things that a lot of people have, you know, they, they've made very lucrative businesses and lifestyles out of them. And, you know, basically she made this comment. I just love it. She was like, if you're sitting on the beach, you know, enjoying your life right now, get your ass back in your business. You know, (laughs) I'm like, like, yes, yes. Get your ass back in your business. Like that is the message that I want to convey today is there is no sitting on the sidelines anymore. There is no passive income. There is no, you know, just hoping that you can have a hobby that's a business. You know, it is, and and make a lot of money, of course. I mean, mm-hmm. it is really like hard work. And it doesn't have to be, you know, hard work in the sense of like, I'm working 70 hours a week. I'm putting everything I have into it. I'm draining myself completely. But it is effort. And I think that that these illusions of I'm going to be able to just put something together and it's just going to be make me money. <clears throat> it's just not happening because there's a lot of marketing. What people don't see behind the scenes of these very big people who are making a lot of money off their online programs they put an extensive amount of time into marketing. Like 90% of what they're doing is marketing. 10% is the passive program. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yes. Mm-hmm. I think that's the challenge. And I think that, you know, they also didn't realize that a lot of these big people that they see out there doing really well, you know, like the Amy Porterfields and the, you know, the people out there, the Maria Forleos, you know, the people out there who are doing really well with their online programs, they put a, so much time and effort into it. They have big names and they have huge followings. They're extracting the income that they make from their passive programs from these huge, huge followings. And I think people yeah. don't realize when they're starting out, they've got no following. They have, you know, no, they're, they're competing with these people that have huge followings. And I think, you know, it's just, there's just a lot of sort of unrealistic ideas about what it's going to take to succeed. Yeah, I love this about, you know, our intention for this podcast and the conversations that we wanted to have is pulling back that curtain and looking behind the scenes because it's really easy to look at the picture perfect images on Instagram and Pinterest and Facebook and you often can get caught up thinking, yes, it should be this easy and what really 
worries me is then what happens to our confidence and our self-esteem and our inner dialogue when all of a sudden we're not able to do it the way that they told us we should be able to do it. And then you see all of these um, really wonderfully passionate entrepreneurs holding themselves up to a standard that isn't realistic and is like chasing after these unicorns. I mean, I think that's really interesting that they even use that term in tech. It's like, oh, you're going to be the next unicorn. Hello, everybody understand how hard that is. Like you don't really see a tribe of unicorns. There's <laughs> like, that's hard. I mean, to be this unique unicorn. And do we all really need to be this unicorn? No, we actually just need to know what is our gift that we're here to deliver. Because Everyone, some, for some people, it's to be the unicorn. For some people, it's to be this amazingly consistent and yet transformative person. It's like, I've been doing this for years, but then this is my niche and this is what I can do well. And finding like, what is your formula? What is it that works for you? Not taking one person's formula, replicating it, making it into something that all of us should do. And then if we can't fit into that mold, that we're somehow not a good entrepreneur. That's what's worrying me. You know, I'm seeing people fall into that trap of comparison and then getting discouraged and not really delivering what is uniquely theirs to give. Yes. Oh, so true. Like there's so many pieces of that that I want to tap into. I mean, I think, yeah, the unrealistic expectations and the comparison is something I talk about a lot because there's a lot of people who are discouraged and frustrated and feeling like they're a failure. And one of the challenges with that is that when you start to feel that way, it is really hard to pick up your momentum again in your business. Like, you know, every time you're feeling bad about yourself, you're going to have a harder time with sales. You're going to have a harder time with marketing. You're going to have a harder time putting yourself out there. Like it is, it is a a cycle that spirals you out of control. And so we have to yeah, stop comparing. We have to stop looking at what's outside of us and recognize that, you know, we have a, a path that's ours. We have a lane that's ours. And, you know, and this is, I think, why we're bringing up some of these stories. And one of the things that I kind of wanted to highlight is, you know, I've, I'm in this amazing, um, I have my own mentor, this amazing group that I'm in. And, you know, a lot of the people in there are making millions of dollars, right? They're doing really, really well in their businesses. And what's so fascinating to see is, you know, this normalizing for all of us of like, you know, the truth is the people who are really doing well in their businesses financially and personally and fulfilling wise, they, they're hard workers, right? They, they yeah. consistently are practicing in their businesses and they're not the ones that you see. They're not the stars. They're not the people out there that are like, I'm sitting on the beach and I have these amazing programs and you can sit on the beach too. In fact, n none of them are like that. Like they're out there actually doing their thing, serving people, connecting to people, building a business that is grounded, that is real, that is based on actual expectations that, that will be fulfilled. And I think that's the piece that we have to start moving towards. We need more examples examples and more ways to see that the truth is the ones who are doing really, really well and successful, you don't see it. They're not broadcasting it. They're not out there like, hey, I'm making a million dollars. You know, they're just doing their thing. They're just doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Right? They're just busy doing it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I mean, it's interesting because 
I think it comes from, so you know, just kind of asking ourselves, where does this desire to latch on to these um, fairy tales, you know, where's that coming from? Well, most likely um, it's coming emotionally. It's coming from a place of fear. Like I'm not going to be good enough. I'm not sure I have what it takes. I'm not sure how to go about this. And this is something that, you know, you and I've talked about a little bit is the power of when you're unsure, look into your community, look around you. And I'm most likely um, can guarantee there's someone who would be willing to mentor you in this place of indecision or overwhelm before you start shopping for your own programs for you to go and dive in and then learn that marketing um, formula and learn that sales funnel. It's like before you kind of go there, when my my own path, what I try to do and then what I encourage other people to do is like get your own support from somebody who is already doing the like you see them doing the work that you yeah. are wanting to do in the world. They're like similar. Right. And you love how they're doing it. And they seem so authentic. And and you can see it. It's not just something you're reading about online and you're looking at through images yes. on social media, but you see them, you feel their energy and start there. Start there with a conversation with somebody. And I heard something really awesome the other day as um, somebody was talking about how um, they, their, one of their coworkers, um, oh, she's the CEO of Kamek. I'm like, I'm spacing out on her name, but she was saying that one of her coworkers was recommending that when you are approached by someone to pick your brain, you know, like there's a person that wants you to mentor them and they say to pick your brain and how to hold like, what do you do with that is to say, um, you know, actually, or if you want to find a mentor, you go to that mentor and you say, Hey, I'd love to buy you coffee or lunch. I know you probably get a lot of these requests, but I also, um, do this kind of work. And if you could tell me something that you're feeling specifically curious about or challenged by, I'd like to bring you, um, some ideas or solution on that. If I can just have a little bit of your time in order to talk about this thing, that's my, um, that's me stepping out of my comfort zone. And I feel like I've seen you out in that arena for quite some time. And I'd like to talk to you about it. Right. Mm. It's like, how do we go here closer into our mentorships that could be right outside our door? Yeah. Well, and I think, I think the mentorship in general is such a key piece, right? Because the truth is, is that any of us having a mentor that is ahead of us a few steps or more allows us to move in an accelerated fashion toward where they are right? Because they've, they've seen what's happened. They know what the pitfalls are. They know what to look for. They know where the blind spots are. They've proven that they can be successful. And I think these are really important things because so many, and this has just been a, a real sort of frustration this week because I've had a lot of calls with people and I'm, and I, there's a lot of people who have invested in the wrong things, right? They've, they went out on their own and leaped out of their corporate job or whatever it is to start a business or they want to start an online program. They've bought all these like online programs or marketing programs or things so that they can learn how to market a business or create an online program. They've invested in a website. They've invested in all of these things and they're missing some really key components that a mentor would have picked up right away. And I think, you know, if only they, some, they would have invested those initial investments into a mentor, they would have a strategy. 
They would have a clarity about what their next steps are. They would know the right sequence. And I think it's, it was, it's so challenging when you see someone who's invested, you know, sometimes tens of thousands of dollars, you know, even up to like 50,000 or 70,000, you know, investing in these programs and these things that they think are going to move their business along and they still have no income. Yeah, I know. I'm seeing that too. And I think that, you know, that, that mentoring is such a key place. And I, you know, I think there's sort of two things I want to break up, you know, so one is obviously it's ideal to, to invest in a mentor. That should be your first investment before a website, before stock, before anything else you do for your business. Your first investment should be a mentor who is doing what you want to do, who has proven their results, who's authentic and clear, not just selling a marketing program, but that you can talk to physically. Most really good mentors have at least a strategy session or a free call that you can get to know them, you know, like that should really be the first protocol because then you've got a strategy, you know what to focus on. Someone's going to tell you whether your idea is viable or not. Cause that's even the other thing is a lot of people are, they have very like not very viable businesses. And so I think yeah. that that's one thing that's really important is being able to sort of establish that mentor. And I think the other piece that we need to be more honest about and talk about in fairy tale land is you will not jump out of corporate or out of your job or start a business. And most likely, unless you have a mentor who really knows how to accelerate you, there is no way that you're going to be making any kind of sustainable income within the first six months. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, because I get yes. people who are like, oh, you know, I've, I have just left my corporate job and I'm hoping in the next six months we're making 150000 a year. And I'm like, they have no plan, no strategy. They don't know what they're doing. They haven't tested and validated their product or offer. They have no mentor. I'm like, yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is that yeah. sort of one of those myths and those fairy tales we have to bust because it's, it is so unhelpful. And there are people out there suffering because they're not succeeding in business. They don't have any income. They can't support themselves. And then they have to go back to the grind, right? Which is horrible. Like we all hate the grind, you know? So I think, mm -hmm. you know, we really have to shift this because sometimes it's about staying a little bit longer where you are so that you can create more stability and more investment to be able to put into a business. Um, I was having a conversation with someone and they, they said that, you know, they, they don't want to, and it's not that they said they don't want to, but they were saying that, you know, they don't have money and so they're not going to invest in traditional marketing and things like that. And I'm like, well, having a business means investing money. Like there's just no way around it. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. so, and I think the, the goal of the business then is once you've made the investment to get more of a return than what you're investing. Like that's the, that's the goal of a business, right? That's profit. You get more return than you're investing. But at the beginning, like it's all about investing and way too many people out there don't want to invest any money and they, they just want to just somehow make it. And it's like, that's just not even a business principle. I think there's a lot of people in the business world who are just missing some really basic business foundations. Yeah, that's a very good point. And, you know, because a lot of people were not coming from business education, business backgrounds, which I think is awesome. I mean, we're really bringing about, um, I like coming from diverse perspectives. Yeah. However, 
there are some fundamentals maybe that's just lost in that, um, lost in translation. And I think that for me, it became really apparent that my business was much like going to college and going to grad school. For me, this really helped when I started realizing that I was going after an education. Mm. I wasn't only going after the creation of a business, but I was on the path of educating myself in this other way. Mm. So why not invest? Because I had to invest in college in order to go I had to pay them in order to receive all of this education. And it's similar with business. When you start down a new path and you're launching a new product, a new service, there's research and development that has to happen. Like you said, testing out the viability of your business model, Mm -hmm. testing out the viability um, in the, you know, the market readiness for a product or a service. The more innovative you are, the more ahead of the curve you are, guess what? It's going to take a little bit longer before the market might even be ready. And Mm -hmm. it has nothing to do with the value. This is all investment into a process of the business that you can't skip. Like we really can't skip this part of the foundations because this is where you gather all your information. Am I in, you know, am I on the right track and is this product something that people want? And I think also realizing not to be discouraged when you come up with something that the market isn't ready for. You can decide Do I want to keep pushing this until the market's ready? Do I want to educate the market? Guess what? You have all these different choices. Or do I want to take a different path? But when the fairy tale is just, oh, you're going to be fine. Just do these three things. Just follow this formula. And it doesn't really matter about anything else because you're going to be fine. That's where we get into trouble. Like there's that, there's the, um, the false, uh, fairy tale there. Yeah. And I feel like I'm seeing a lot of people fall into that to that trap and they don't know why. And then they think, unfortunately that it's them. It's a character flaw. Yes. It's a yeah, lack of skill or ability, but no, it's just skill building. It's the long game. It's all these things that you and I talk about in, you know, and Sarah comes up throughout our podcast. And I think that's one thing, Sonia, that made us really click is that we kind of, that's how we approach our life. Like we're yeah. very, um, persistent, resilient, women, you know, like we just don't, you know, we don't expect things really to just come right off the, like that doesn't happen when you're single moms, when you're pioneering Mm. new things, like you just learn that it takes this heart of a, of an activist, like that you're activating change and it doesn't happen just overnight. It has to stew in that pot, uh, for quite some time. And it's learning, yeah, how do you sustain yourself and what are your realistic expectations as you go through that, that alchemy, you know, before it comes out into, into what you're truly creating. Yeah, exactly. And it, it is like that grit, you know, that willingness and, you know, part of the problem is that I think people's sights aren't in the right direction, right? Like, you know, I try to always refocus people back to what do you really want? Like, what do you want long-term, right? Um, because that's going to take time to get, and you're in a marathon. It's not a sprint. You're not going to get an overnight success or an instant gratification or instant win. So, so what can sustain you long enough for the marathon, right? What is a strong enough goal and desire of yours that you will continue to run for as long as it takes, right? Cause way too many people are like coming up with this idea, these unrealistic expectations, and then they give up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Exactly. And that's the sadness. That's why I'm like, oh, no, people are feeling discouraged and giving up and they're looking at themselves thinking, I just don't have it. I don't have what it takes. Yeah. That's, and, yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it's this challenge because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like this person in between, right? Like I'm a very positive person. Like I, I have a lot of hope. I love um, beauty and I feel good and I'm in that place, but I'm also practical. Like I think there is, um, sometimes that we just don't have the right formula, that we just don't have the basics down, that we have had really unrealistic expectations, or we aren't doing the work, right? Like a lot of people aren't doing the work, to be honest. Like they really, they, they, because they have such an idea and a hope that, you know, if they just put a little bit of effort in, they're going to get results. They're not working very hard. Like, and I see this time and time again, like the, the, there's a lot of people who don't want to put the effort in. And so then I realize either they don't have a big enough goal that's worth it, or they're just not mm -hmm. really interested in what they're doing. Because if you love it, if it's your life's work, you're going to do whatever you can. Like, I can't imagine not putting all my effort into my business. And I think that, you know, it really is an issue. So it's something we have to talk about and be honest about, because I think a lot of times, there's a lot of feel good stuff around business and we're in positiveness and hope and, you know, and we don't want people to feel bad or discouraged or shameful, right? Like that's absolutely not what this is about. But I do also think we have to get more people to be honest about how much effort they're really putting in. Like, are you really yeah. working? You know, are you really putting effort in? Some people are and they're putting way too much effort in and spinning themselves out. But some people are sitting yeah. on the sidelines, like dipping a toe in and then being like, oh, it's not working. And, and they're not even putting much yeah. in. So I think we've kind of got to talk about the balance there. Yeah. And on that note, it made me think of, I think that part of the imbalance is because we've put, or society currently has put entrepreneurship as sort of on this pedestal. Yeah. Um, it's this goal to be achieved and, you know, well, then just become an entrepreneur. And for women, there is a lot of um, confidence that's coming from creating our own businesses. We're creating solutions, um, you know, that, that haven't been created because a lot of the businesses, when they're actually engineered from a male perspective, they leave out half the world's population. So yeah. women are seeing, oh, wait, I can take care of this gap. I can fix that. I can provide a solution. And so there's a lot of confidence and excitement, like finding um, our voice, finding our place in the world. However, on the other side of that, I just want to point out that we don't have to do or the, the entrepreneurship is not the only path to that enlightenment for yourself. You might find that you can bring forth some of this in collaboration with other people within a structure that already exists. Yeah. And there's nothing that's like bringing dimming your power or your light or your voice. Everybody works in different ways. Something I've discovered about myself is that I love solving problems and I thrive when situations get difficult. I actually thrive in challenge. I thrive in complication. This is why as a therapist, I can really work with a lot of intricate, complicated human dynamics because I get really focused and I get really clear and that's where my mind starts to do its best. 
So that's something that works for me as an entrepreneur. I actually enjoy all of the problem solving I have to constantly do, right? So it suits my personality. It suits my interest. Um, I've learned that about myself. Now, for some other people, they might realize like I was attracted by the glitz and the glitter of entrepreneurship. But every time I get in here and start working on this, all I want is out. I want someone else to take this part. I just want to be creative and just do this part. Okay, then find a way that you can do that. You don't have to be the one that's orchestrating all of the different pieces. Maybe you want to work on a collaborative project where somebody else is holding Mm -hmm. actual the business and you want to work for them. But guess what? You want creative freedom and independence and you want to be a remote worker or a digital nomad. Like there's so many different ways I think that, that we can find this happiness and freedom and creative work. And maybe at the moment, right, it's all being painted under the umbrella of being an entrepreneur, but you can be a leader, right. And a change maker in so many different ways. Yes. Yes. And I think also like, let's talk about some reality, like not, I mean, if everybody in the world was an entrepreneur, like how would that work? (laughs) Right. <laughs> I mean, right. like it's not it's not actually possible. Like who's going to do everything else? Right. I mean, and I think this and it's the same thing. I've, I've been in groups and I think we've mentioned this before, but I've been in Facebook groups where it's like, OK, would you who wants to make a million dollars this year? And there's like a thousand comments. Right. And I'm thinking, OK, yeah, not everyone can be millionaires. Right. Like th- that doesn't work. Like it's just not it's just not like in any kind of actual physical reality that everyone can work for themselves and everyone can be making a million dollars. Like it's just, it's not real. It's, that is a, right. that is a, that is a myth that doesn't even have any logic to it. And I think we don't always see that because obviously it's so enticing and it is. And I think we've got to look at why is it so enticing? Like why is, you know, the, the, this lure of entrepreneurship and, and being your own boss and all that. Like, why is it so enticing? I mean, obviously we're all bucking the system, right? Nobody wants to work for corporate. Nobody wants to work nine to five and be a slave. And is all these things that we're bucking. But instead of like trying to change the system, we're trying to work outside the system, which is fine, but not everybody can work outside the system. Yes. And guess what? Oh, go ahead. Now, I just go thought ahead. of something. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, and guess what? These entrepreneurs who've already been out of the field are creating businesses outside of the box. And it's the mm. perfect place for some people to step in and be employees of the new system. This is exciting. You yeah. know, this is like coming down the path that we don't all have to be the one that created that business. We can go to work for those people who've already done it. That's what I'm starting to see, which is really yes. exciting. I just had to interject that. Yeah. yeah, look, for sure. And it's one of the reasons why, like, you know, I'm really passionate about pulling women up to a much higher level of income, right, in their businesses. Because I think what will happen is that then these women who are amazing and who who want to be an entrepreneur and who that's that's really their thing, they're able to employ all of these other amazing women in in these very fluid and flexible workspaces so that, you know, there's more and more people that are getting what they want, getting the lifestyle they want, getting the flexibility they want without having to do all the things they don't want. Because most people don't really realize that a lot of what you're going to do in your business is not the fun stuff. 
Like it really isn't <laughs> like I wish it was, but you know, <laughs> you're going to be like running a business is so much like marketing and sales and it's, you know, and there's some delivery and there's like, there's so many aspects to actually running your own business. And I think some people think they can just do that employee thing, that one thing that they're good at, that one thing that they love, and somehow everything else will work itself out, but it just doesn't work that way. Mm, exactly. Yeah. And maybe some, you know, somehow in that desire to be something, to to be that entrepreneur, and then, you know, if it's not really meant, if it doesn't suit you to the best um I don't know, suit your, your particular skills and personality, then there is somewhat of a shame, like this, oh my goodness, I feel ashamed now because I'm not able to do this or that. Mm. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm seeing somewhat of a glorifying of the entrepreneurial path. And I mean, coming from the nonprofit world in which I spent a decade immersed in seeing just such amazing leadership and changing in the world. I mean, there's so many facets. There's so many ways that you can do good in the world and you can bring your gifts forward. And it's really knowing that there's no shame in the side hustle. If you need to be still doing something while you're building a dream or guess what your dream might be to build it with an existing structure and your collaboration, there's just so many different ways in which we can do this. And maybe really underneath underneath a lot of this, what I'm feeling online these days is sort of an over-focus on a singular path. I don't know, something about this, there's a lack of diversity in the way that we're discussing this formula or this freedom. Yes, it's, it's, yes. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think, you know, I meet people and there is a huge amount of people who are just not entrepreneurs. Like they really are. And they're trying so hard to be. But I mean, to be a real entrepreneur, it's a particular mindset. You are very risk taking. Like you cannot be an entrepreneur and not be risk taking. You are willing to invest. Like you get the value in investing and you're willing to invest. That's actually a huge part of the entrepreneur mindset. And so if you look at the people who like succeed and don't succeed, you can really delineate a line between the traits of them, right? And entrepreneurs are like, they love risk. They're willing to take it. They're willing to invest. They're willing to work hard. They've got grit. Those are the makings of an entrepreneur, you know, and, and I think you can develop those in yourself if you don't innately have them. But a lot of people just don't even see that that's what's required, you know, and because we've been sold and promised so much ease, like, you know, the passive income streams and the online programs and just do what you love and it will follow and, you know, just uh, put it out there and the universe will bring it. And like, there's just all these things, which I appreciate. There's aspects of those that I buy into and believe in. But I think there's just, there's not enough reality and we just need to ground it down, right? We need to really ground our visions down, make them more realistic because I'm tired of seeing women fail. Like it makes, it breaks my heart. I want to just like run out into the street and scream. Like, you know, like I'm, I'm tired of all of these beautiful beings that have really gone out there and done it all, but they've been sold. They've bought into all the myths. They bought into the fairy tales. And so now they're suffering tremendously 
you know, and their households are suffering, and their marriages are breaking up because of it, and their kids are not able to have what they need. And it's like, oh my God, it's so sad. And it's all because there is not truth telling and what it's going to take and, and what the true myths are. And so, you know, yeah, I think we've just got to bring more and more reality. I mean, another one of those, these sort of myths or fairy tales is that marketing is the answer right? Like that's the other fairy tale that I'm constantly busting. Marketing is the answer. Just market more, just get more leads. Just, just put on, just run a challenge and you'll get more leads and be able to sell your program. No problem. And it's like a total myth. Yes. Yes. And what's coming up as you say that too, is it's so homogenous. It's so one way and not at all reflective of human diversity. And that's what I don't like about it either. When I really think about sort of what everyone's selling, it's just, it's too narrow. It's Mm. too, it's, yeah, it's too narrow and homogenous and it's not really about the entire human experience. And it's okay to think outside of that. And it's reminding me of when you are finding your identity you know, as a teenager and within your social, within your high school, there's like a group and everybody's supposed to be like that group. And if you're like that group, then you have instant popularity or success. Guess what? We all know that never, that doesn't work. (laughs) And those people later are not all better off than you were, um, you know, come down, come the path of life. So it's realizing that in a way we're being sold a very narrow, homogenous, limited view of success and setting ourselves up on a path and believing the fairy tale of the instant overnight success and the six figures. And it's just, Oh, it's easy. And it's passive income. Just know that yes, that has worked for some. It really has. And they're happy with it. And that's great, but it may not be what, is going to work for you. And that in no way means that you're on the wrong path. It just means that you're probably still finding what it is that's really going to be your platform. Like really, what is it? And maybe you're the one that's going to create the next thing because there will be the next thing. I'm just kind of waiting. And I think a lot of people are, we're like, huh, what's going to be that next thing? Cause it's time. There's a tipping point. And there really is even an oversaturation of the existing ways in which those online platforms and businesses are being built. So what's the next thing we have yet quite to see what it's going to be. Yeah. And maybe you're the, whoever somebody is listening to this podcast and you're the one that's going to do that. So remember to trust <laughs> yourself because you might be birthing a new way of being online and interacting, reaching your audience. And it's going to be completely and radically different than what anybody knows right now. Well, and, and Could you be. know, could be. I mean, absolutely. And I think well, there's a couple things. One is, I think there's a couple trends, right, that I'm seeing and that I believe in. And one is that, so we've, everyone kind of was stuck in corporate, right? That was like, are these nine to five or working for someone? And and then we basically wanted liberation, right? So we we went to this other extreme where liberation is passive income and just sitting in your house and doing whatever you want and the money will come. And you know, so we've, we've, we have sort of these both extremes, like really, really constricted and, and like unrealistic freedom. 
And I think we're, we're looking at moving towards more groundedness, right? So, so more hybrids, more creative ideas, more collaboration, more things that are going to unite both worlds, right? Because we can't exist in either one of those worlds. Like nobody can exist in that really constricted, structured, like boys club, you know, sort of the whole way corporate runs. And, and also it's not sustainable to live in that, like, free world, everything's good and everything's just going to come to us. So I think we're moving in a direction where we're going to have to find more creative and collaborative places, right? Yeah. And I I also think what I'm seeing is that this trend of online courses is going to die. And the reason why is because people are not really getting their needs met through online courses, right? And this is what I'm teaching my clients. And this is what I think is really happening is that we've got to move more towards service, high value services that actually create transformation, right? Because people are in desperate need of that. Like there's so many people out there with big problems and they need to find real solutions to those big problems. Not some cookie cutter approach, not some online program that says, follow me for 30 days and I'm going to give you the answer. Like there's no possibility of those providing real transformation. And lots of people don't like to hear me. And I know that, you know, I may be ruffling some feathers, but I think that we're, we're going to move toward a trend of customized service. And it doesn't mean everything is one-on-one. There's a lot of ways to scale it, but I think it's about really focusing on big transformation. I think that's where we're going because this is what the world needs. Yes, absolutely. And I think it is, it's going from sort of that cookie cutter to more customized. And that doesn't just mean one-to-one. It really can be one-to-many, but it's higher level, like intimacy. It's, it's deeper. It's a deeper connection. And I see it. I can see it within the co-working community that I've created is that people love the online ability to connect, but nothing replaces seeing one another in, in, in being in connection and feeling each other energetically. So you're seeing more and more of that too, where not everyone wants to just be on the Facebook group. They want to figure out, well, where can we, can I meet up with somebody else in this group? Can we have a walk together? Are you in my city? Are you in nearby? Right. It's like people still want the, you know, what one of my mentor, what um, she calls belly time, right? It's like, we still want belly time. We want really face to face, skin to skin. Like I'm here, you're here. I see you. We really want that. And it's just a matter of finding we're still looking for that balance. We, like you said, we were swinging one way. We swing the other way. That's what humans do. That's how we evolve. We have to go from one extreme to the other extreme. And then we kind of bounce back into this middle ground and we start to find um, that integration. Yeah. And so I think that's what we're seeing now. And for the listeners, I hope that we've just, painted maybe a possibility that if you are struggling with your current process and you've been seeking outside of yourself, just to take a deep breath and remember that if it doesn't feel right, it may not be, and that's okay. And you are the only one who really knows the way that you want to do your work in the world. And so spend more time trusting that and find a mentor who's close by, who you really admire and start asking them some questions before you make your next big investment. 
Yeah, look, I definitely second that because I've had some people recently ask me, well, what do you do? What do you do when you've already purchased all the online programs and you've, you know, you've invested in all this stuff that didn't work? And, you know, and so what do you do then? You know, and and really my suggestion is always like either if you're really, if you have to have income, you've got to go find something to stabilize yourself immediately while you, while you build, while you invest in a mentor who can help you strategize which direction to go. But that really is the best way because if you've already been sitting in struggle for a period of time and you can't figure out personally what you need to do, you need someone who's really authentic and honest and real and isn't selling mythical fairy creatures. And, you know, that really can offer you a direction and some strategy because without that, you're just going to keep spinning, you know? And so I think it's really, really important. And if you have to go back and get a job or if you have to go back and get a job part-time, that is totally fine. That like, that's a meantime plan and you have to look at it that this, that is the next step in growing your business. It's not a failure. It's not a going backwards. It's not shameful at all. I put tons of my clients on meantime plans because sometimes that is the next step towards success. And I think, you know, that we've got to stop shaming people for going back to corporate or having a part-time job or doing something on the side. Like it, it is all about you and you have a particular journey and you have to get honest about what you can and can't do and where your journey needs to go. And I think that that is the most beautiful thing. Like it's your journey. You're good. You just need to follow your heart. You need to ground yourself in some reality. And if you can get some support. Exactly. And that is the sustainable in my perspective. I'm always looking for like, what's my sustainable way, (laughs) right? What's the sustainable way to, to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. This was such a really great conversation even for my wheels to kind of start turning because as I have many of my clients coming in um, recently are in that crossroads of letting go of something and stepping into a new entrepreneurial endeavor. And yep. And it's really important to realize that it's a process that you need to take your time with and ask for help and talk to your therapist, talk to a mentor, talk to a coach that you really trust. And before you invest in any big, long process, you know, just to, to go more intimate with who can you, who can help guide you right here and there to trust your own discernment and to find what's great for you. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us and we'll see you again next week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the show. To get some great resources and listen to all of our episodes, visit theliberationlab.com. We want to help other women get the support they need to create more real success and freedom. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who commented, emailed us, and reviewed our show. We are so appreciative of your support. See you next week.